The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley. A familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Forbes Factor, one of my favorite hours of the week, whether you're listening live or uh, post, it doesn't much matter to me as long as you're listening. We love to bring you things about health, wealth, and happiness. And today I've got a very special guest that I met when I went on his podcast. And today we're talking about one of my all-time favorite subjects. Oh, wait, maybe my second all-time favorite subjects, men. So what could be first? Sex. Oh, wait, it all comes down to men. That's so weird. I'm just kidding. My first is money. No, it's not. It's health. I can't. I'm so confused. I, guys, I just came home from a trip. If you've been following me, I literally just landed. Uh, we came home from a trip watching my stepdaughter graduate high school. That's changed since I've been in high school. I'll get into that a little bit later. Then we went to Lake Tahoe to hang out with some friends in their cabin. Ooh, cabins that went for 80000 are now going for $1.8 um, is the cabin. What an investment. That would be 80000 to $1.8 in less than 20 years. Wow. Um, and then I went to Sacramento to watch my niece graduate. A lot of graduations. So that's been a theme of my my existence for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about graduating, closing one door and opening another chapter. Well, that also happens with me and men. Let's talk about that. Uh, how you can close one door. Can you have certain kind of relationships? How do they work? But my my guest is really a specialist when it comes to the subject of men, how they talk to each other, how they behave. Apparently, they're a whole nother species. Ooh, He's the founder of We Are The Way. It's a global coaching company and a social movement that enables men to live an exceptional life. Um, I think the men in my life are leading an exceptional life, but we'll talk about that as well. Uh, he is located up there in Utah, which is a beautiful part. I'm thinking of moving up there. This, the mountains, the air, the energy. Oh, my goodness. And then I was on the Jimmy Rex show just recently and had a blast. Now, the difference in his mind is his wasn't live. So we got into some stuff. So if you've got a friend who's a man, wants to be a man, hangs out with men, has ever dated a man on any level, you want to invite them to come and tune into our show Jimmy, I'm going to bring you up on the stage because I just, this is just too much fun. I am so excited to have you here. Please welcome the one and only Jimmy Rex. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I love that introduction. So much energy for life. I love it. Well, thank you. And that's one of my specialties is that I, I will tell you, after being all honesty, I woke up today, I was crying. I am very sad about something that happened in my life and I've been lamenting about it a little too long and I woke up in tears and something happened and I'm going to run this by you. I live with the most beautiful man. It's now been six years. And I was married before for a long, long time. I have two beautiful children from him. And when we were dating, something happened. I was uh, on a show and he was helping me negotiate it. And somehow he thought he was doing something right. And I ended up fired. Uh, we were pretty much demanding to be paid. It's not like I did anything wrong. It was one of those where I was complaining about the money situation. He went in to collect all of it and they said, well, fine, we're done. And it was a big deal. And I blamed him. Not a very smart move. And he was like, I was just helping you. I'm like, I didn't ask for your help. And we got into this, this huge, this huge thing. I then found this book called Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Men, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. A chapter two of that book, it said something I'd never heard before. Because I didn't read the book on how to deal with men. You happen to be one, but you guys don't let us read the book and we don't let you read ours either. It's very secretive. And it said something 
that if you want, if you complain to your man, he will fix it, especially if he loves you. If you want to just bitch and moan, complain to your girlfriends. Mm, that's good. How does that resonate for you? Uh, it's it, I, I can tell it in an experience one time. I had a very similar situation and it was pretty personal. The I was dating a woman. We've been dating for quite a while. And she told me about somebody that had taken advantage of her in another part of her life when she was young, in fact. And my dumbass, not understanding that she wasn't trying to get me to right the wrong, right? I, I'm a very resourceful person and um, very quickly uh, got this human being's home address. And I was essentially willing to do whatever I needed to, to right that wrong. And uh, she, I mean, had a nervous breakdown and lost it. I think I re-traumatized her and I could not have done it worse. And I remember we were sitting down with my relationship therapist at the time. And he's like, okay, A, you're a dumbass. And B, can you see how he did this out of love, trying to, you know, protect you and trying to help you. And so uh, I can, I can relate. I can relate on a high, high level there. So this morning, Joshua comes to me and he says, I wrote the guy who wronged you. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> and he wrote to this guy. I've never seen him stand up at, at all for anything. And he wrote down exactly. He said, my, my, my beautiful woman woke up crying. You did this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, and I didn't, I don't care what the consequences are. I love him more now. And I also understand why he did it because I was that hurt and he loves me that much. And so congratulations to both of you for being willing to do that. But we need the handbook, the yeah. handbook on how to handle each other. And maybe it's men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I don't know. Although I know that that, that book certainly helped me a lot. Um, so welcome to our show, my manly man. Tell me, tell everybody about you. I'll spotlight you for a second, a little bit more in-depth information. Tell us about Mr. Jimmy Rex. Sure. Um, yeah, no, well, and thank you again for having me on. We had such a fun time when you came on my podcast and um, it was life-changing for me, to be honest. Um, halfway through the podcast, we decided to do a little intervention. I, you know, as I've been working really hard the last couple of years, particularly on trying to dig into some of these things that are, you know, I think what I told you is I've, I know instinctively that the second I make the decision to go towards love and to make that decision that I want to be with one woman and be married and all that, it will happen. But there were some things keeping me from being able to just take that plunge. I, I, I equate it to standing at the top of a cliff. And I know if as soon as I jump, I'm good. And I just haven't been able to do it. And we dug into a couple of things in my past. And I, you know, I'd thought that a lot of my trauma came from my father. And I think I've mostly healed that. And and you asked me one question that kind of changed a lot. And it was like, oh, wow, there's some other things. And next thing I know, I'm crying and having this beautiful moment with you on the podcast. And I mentioned that only because I think, you know, if I could sum myself up in one, in one way, it's I've been on a path my entire life to become the best version of myself. I've been obsessed with the idea of just becoming better and, and, and growing and being able to then return that and help other people. And so that path has led me to a lot of crazy places. You know, I, um, when I got into the business world, I started a couple, uh, little entrepreneur businesses when I was young and I got into real estate and, you know, became the number one agent in Utah for almost a decade. And, um, uh, there came a point where I hit a peak in that I sold the most expensive home ever in Utah. It was over a $32 million deal, which in Utah buys you, you know, a couple mountains. Wow. And, uh, at the time at least. And, you know, in that moment, I kind of had this epiphany. I was like, I, I think I'm done doing this. I want to do something that has more meaning and it can um, just be more of a legacy. And, and that honestly just lights me up more, you know, and I loved real estate, but at the end of the day, I wanted to do something more. And so um, I started leaning into that. And what it did is it led me to kind of start asking myself questions. What would I want for me? What am I an expert at? What am I the best at? 
And what I realized is the thing I do the best in the world is, um, and I started just listening to the DMs. People were Instagramming all the time. They kept asking me the same question. I said, Jimmy, how do I find a group of friends like you have? And I realized that my superpower is connecting men. I've always been amazing at being able to connect men. All my best friends have all met through me. Every single one of them has this beautiful, you know, group of amazing men around them now. And I started thinking to myself, because I was kind of an imposter when I thought about doing coaching originally. And uh, I was like, well, who am I to tell guys, you know, how to live? Like, I'm not even married. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, I am the best in the world at connecting with friends. Like, I know exactly how to do this. And I got so excited. And so I launched what became my coaching program, which is We Are The They. And it's a men's coaching program. And, and really there's... It, as much as anything, it's to help build community, accountability, to help men get into integrity, to to take a moral stand, to change their behaviors, and then to essentially together as a community, um, form these friendships and help each other uh, in all aspects of life. And so I've been doing that for the last 18 months and um, have almost 450 people in my program now. And it's amazing. I mean, every single night guys are getting together and, and, you know, right now, one of the guys, just to give you an example, is riding his bike across America. He's like halfway through. And I just went on the thread before this call and one of the guys in the group, he said, Hey, we all need to meet in Florida. When he finishes this race, I'll pay for the first four people that messaged me back to fly out and meet him there. Um, you know, I went to dinner last night, just a random restaurant in Utah. And there's four couples sitting there from my group that met all through my group, having dinner with their spouses. And it's every single day, there's these things going on. We've built this community of just people that are, you know, committed to becoming a better version of themselves and helping in every way possible. And so you can tell how lit up I am about it. I love what I get to do. It's it's my dream. And um, every single day is is incredible. Today, we actually, today, as soon as I'm done with this, we're launching our kids program. We have, uh, it's called the Next Gen Program. It's for kids 13 to 17. And we're going to spend a year with them. This is the first in-person event. We're going to teach them all the things that I wish I knew from 13 to 17 that they don't teach you in schools. You can appreciate this, Forbes, because it's what you did with your daughter. And we're going to teach them how to be entrepreneurs. We're going to teach them how to save money. We're going to teach them how to invest. We're going to teach them how to network and socialize, how to talk, um, you know, how to get dates and how to just all these different things, all these things that we wish they would have taught us when instead they were teaching us to find X or the square root of, you know, whatever number and some of those kinds of things that really didn't matter much. So yeah, that's a little quick history of me. Well, I love that you're doing that. My guest last week turns out to be a graduate of a program that I looked into doing as a speaker. It's called Leap. And Leap was started, uh, I maybe. 15, 20 years ago by a dentist out in Los Angeles for exactly that reason. I think it could be, maybe it's 13 to 17, maybe it's a little bit older. Um, and they're from around the world. And he, he actually, what he does is, so the Beverly Hills kids pay to be there and they gives out scholarship to kids all the way from Africa or far away as you possibly can imagine and flies them in and teaches them all of these things. And the young man that I was speaking to is wildly successful. And I didn't know him. He graduated before I got there. But he said that was the life-changing moment for him is that he was given skills that he now sees as an entrepreneur are essential, but nobody teaches kids that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, we did a few scholarships for kids that, um, you know, ha uh, single moms that couldn't afford to send their kid to right. the program and had some guys that, you know, a couple of people that don't have kids that said, hey, I want to donate and help send somebody that maybe would be able to use this program. So very similar kind of thing. But yeah, it's, I think it'll be life changing. I know it will. I, I can't wait to get it. Well, up I would love you to send me some information on that. Let me help promote that. We just did a, a big giveaway. My birthday, we raise money for a, an orphanage that also deals with sex trafficking out in South Africa that I'm associated oh. with. One of my friends from Kansas started that. And it's a beautiful thing called Beautiful Dreams. We raised a lot of money for them. And it's been a lot of fun to Zoom and see the kids. And, you know, I'm kind of crazy, obviously, what I did with you. But I love the singing and dancing of coaching and breakthroughs. And so through the Internet, I'm having them dance and sing with us and just play and things that I think 
they get to see a different part of the world. And so how lucky we get to do this at this point in our lives. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited. I got some people coming in to do like breath work and meditation, these things I didn't learn until my 30s, you know, and I'm like, oh, I had so much anxiety in my 20s and so much energy. I never paused to just take it all in. And if I had known a couple of these little skills, and so would love to uh, help you with that. And I'll definitely get you some information. So yeah, I'm excited. Is it for boys only? Uh, right now it is. Yeah. For, um, I do have a, so my men's program obviously is just for men. And then what we did is we added a women's program. Um, I had a life coach for eight years. Uh, this beautiful woman, her name's Melissa. She just celebrated her 62nd birthday yesterday. And, um, she was a Tony Robbins coach for over 20 years with all of his platinum members and just an incredible human. And I knew that I wasn't qualified to coach the women the same way I could coach the men. It's just not my, my specialty. And so I brought her in. And so she is full-time now she coaches the women's group and I take care of the men. And so right now you had, wait, 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 you didn't say you had a women's group when I talked to you, you know that. I didn't. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff. It was, you I know. don't think you did. Cause I would have remembered <laughs> that you had a women's group. Cause I, no, I told you, I want to have you come speak to him. Remember? Maybe I, cause I didn't realize it. Yes. I want to come speak and too. I want to understand this whole life coaching thing is so fascinating to me. I don't really get it, but you use them. What's the biggest thing that you get out of coaches? Oh man. So there's several things. Number one is you get an unbiased opinion from somebody that doesn't have anything to gain from giving you their answer. I mean, a lot of times people go to their close friends or their family for answers, right? Or even a boss or somebody like that. But every one of those people has ulterior motives to give you an answer that maybe even subconsciously benefits them. You go ask your best friend about, you know, a woman you're dating. Well, he might not want you to have that extra time away from him. You go ask your family and maybe, you know, your family loves you, but their biggest concern is that you're going to have pain. And so they give you answers to your problems that are going to keep you away from pain. But what they really do is keep you from really going for it in life. And so a lot of times they're going to give you the wrong answer to what you should do. And one of the things I like to say with coaching you know, it's different from therapy. A therapist basically says, uh, you know, this is why you're this way. And and they kind of let you be in that place. And I think a coach, the difference is they challenge you to get out of that place. And so with me, you know, therapy, a lot of it is looking backwards, kind of like what you and I did on my podcast, but from there, it's all forward thinking. It's, it's really building that vision for your life. It's having somebody that can hold you accountable, that helps you just do the exercises. So for example, next week, I'm taking 40 couples to Cancun. And we're going to do a couples retreat and I'm using John Gottman's book, you know, the seven principles of a highly successful marriage. And I'm just walking them through a couple of the exercises. I'm not a relationship expert shit. I'm 41 year old single guy, but I can use the information of this guy that is brilliant. And then I'm bringing in the top relationship therapist in the country, in my opinion, a guy by the name of Matt Townsend. And then I'm bringing in Stefano Safandos, who is the expert in relationships. So I'm bringing in these people that are amazing at what they do. They're brilliant. And then they're going to coach these people. And so a great coach doesn't say, do what I'm doing, be like me. Like that's the last thing I would ever tell these guys. Like what I'm saying is, look, I'm going to give you some tools, use the ones that are going to help you, but let me give you an unbiased opinion. Let me be honest with you. When other, everybody else is telling you what you want to hear, I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. Right. I'll give you an example too. One of the couples last night we were sitting, when I saw them at the dinner, I was on a date and I went over there to talk to him for a minute. And one of the couples says, Hey, um, it was a year ago today that you, you know, we talked about, it was on their anniversary that they were having dinner for their anniversary. And it was a year ago on their anniversary. I helped them through one of the biggest problems of their life. And I looked at them and said, oh, wow, that was a year ago today. And they sent me a text back then that said, this was the most life-changing experience we've ever had. And, you know, that particular member, just to give you some background, because I haven't said who he is, but he had been molested as a kid, had never talked about it with anybody, had never been able to come out and talk about that. And through some exercises that we did and some things, he was able to tell his wife. 
And, you know, he'd been self-sabotaging. He'd gone to some massage parlors and done that kind of thing uh, um, that he shouldn't have been doing and had never told his wife. And when he finally told her and got into an integrity, which is the first pillar of my program, is, is to take a moral stand. You have to get yourself into integrity. His wife at first was obviously very saddened and disappointed that he did that, but she called me and she was just bawling. She said, I'm just so sad he had to go through that by himself. He's never been able to talk about this with anyone. And all of a sudden they're getting healing. And last night she goes, it's definitely been the hardest year of our life, but also the most rewarding um, because they're doing the work and they're getting this different relationship. And so a coach, they were never going to get there on their own. I mean, they've been married for 14 years, never talked about it, you know? And so three months into my program, he goes home and talks to his wife about this thing that he needed to kind of come clean about. And so, um, and was able to talk about why, you know, and like what had happened to him. He'd never told a soul and, you know, and, and so it's just, I could tell you 50 examples of that just in the last year, but that's what coaching is all about. That's why a great coach is pivotal to help you in your life. They're going to help you see those things that you're not noticing. They're going to help you to be able to see those, um, you know, those, just the things that you're not seeing otherwise and, and help you work through them. I think that's pretty extraordinary. I'm very proud of you for doing that work. How's your personal life going, by the way? Awesome. Uh, we got some catching up to do, but it's been really good. Yeah. Oh, I like in that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know, it's funny as I was listening to you, I'm thinking I'm in a really cool place at the moment where I'm really happy with my man. We talk about a lot of stuff and I was sitting there thinking like, is it okay to be wildly happy? You know, beyond the honeymoon periods, he said something to me that I thought was so interesting because I've had relationships and I've been married and, and I was, I knew I wanted something else. And when I met him and I think it definitely comes from him, I said, oh, it's all great during the honeymoon period. Like we're all lovey-dovey. He said, why does the honeymoon period have to end? Mm-hmm. And I remind him of that all the time. I'm like, we're choosing not to have it end. We're choosing to be frisky and fun and playful and silly. And we have the cutest little arguments where we both end up laughing. And it's like, wow, I think all the work I did paid off. Yeah. I think too many people, and by the way, of course it has, like, I mean, that's your reward for doing the work. Right. And I think too many people think that life has to be really hard. It actually doesn't. You don't have to have this very difficult life all the time. I, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and, um, was able to do a couple of things to just, um, help her in different ways, like made her day. And, and she's like, I, I can't believe this is like, she's just like, this doesn't seem real that this could be my, and it was just a simple thing. Like her favorite musician, for example, it's, it's this woman that I've started kind of going out with. And, and she, she says who her favorite musician and she goes, would you ever want to go to a concert with me? And I was like, of course. So I put his music in, I start listening. He has a duet with one of my best friends, Drew McManus from Satsung. And so I'm like, oh, that's easy enough. So I hit up my boy, Drew, I actually financed his last label. And I'm like, hey, um, there's this concert in Phoenix with, you know, this guy, I, I need you to get me hooked up. With, he's like, oh, dude, he's my homie. It's done. And so, you know, just little things like that, where you just like, but life can be that good all the time when we want when we manifest what we're trying to do, when we truly build our lives and we get out of our own way, only good things can happen. We don't have to have these negative relationships. We don't have to have pain all the time. I remember talking to uh, one of my coaches one time and I, I said, you know, I just don't want to be 50 years old. And I think this is part of my fear of marriage for a while. I was like, I just don't want to have this life where I come home from work and I'm throw the news on and I'm kicking my shoes off and I'm bored out of my mind. And uh, I said, I just don't want that to be my life. And he's like, what are you talking about? That would never be your life. You will always be who you are. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep living an extraordinary life. And I tell people, I was like, yeah, my life's always going to be big. Like if you're in my world, just know that probably a weekly basis, something big is going to happen because that's how I live. And, you know, it doesn't have to stop. I can always have this big, incredible, beautiful life. And I don't see it stopping. I don't, I don't, you know, and, and if, and that's all a decision that we make. Um, 
but you got to do that work because we have all this pre-wired beliefs and 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 rituals and ways we sabotage we don't even know right most of it subconsciously but when you do the work you dig into that you start to bring really beautiful things into your life I agree. And it's definitely the way you talk to yourself and other people. And if you keep demanding of the universe that you have an extraordinary life, you will. And that is what's absolutely happened because I just decided it was going to be that way. And every day that we come home and even just leaving the house, he was like, bye. I'm like, no, come over here. Because if you don't do that, it does go away. I think you're a master of that. I, you know, just in the limited time that we spent, I could tell that you were a person that absolutely demands that your life is going to be special. And because of that, it is. Yeah. And then even little things I view as special, you know, just the idea that we, I didn't know when I fell in love with him that he was a brilliant photographer. Who knew that? He just was not part of his, he happened to be a top model, but you know, and so when he walked into my TV studio, he's like, well, I could run this. I'm like, on top of everything you would, you would know how to do my world. And so the craziest thing is I literally travel with my photographer. Well, if you're a content creator and an influence, I don't know that it gets better. It does not. No, as long as we keep getting new equipment for him, he seems to be, it's like so much fun that I I can't even express to you how joyful it can be if you want it to be. So on that note, that and both my, my son came home from college, which is kind of a cool thing to have him back in the house. Being an empty nester was a little weird. I'm like, I want my babies back. (laughs) All right. So I love the fact now 40 couples going to Cancun. I didn't know about this either, baby. I would have signed up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this one is for our leadership group. So that's the people that have been in the program for 18 months. But I mean, the next time we take, when when I take group two, how about I just have you come as one of the speakers? You can tell your beautiful love story and we'll have you come and you and your husband both. Oh, let me tell you, I do exercise. I would love to be part of that. Done. We're just consider it done. We're doing it. Isn't this kind of cool? By the way, I just got off the phone with Chris's people this morning. You know, I think when you take a leap outside of your own comfort zone, I'm really tired of hearing people say the words they say to themselves. Like, I have a fear of success. I have a fear of failure. Really? Um, why? Why would why would you want to own? That's like saying I have a, a pet snake who bites me all the time. It hurts, but I deal with it. I would get rid of the snake. I don't know why we do this to ourselves. Um, is there a universal, couple of universal truths that you've discovered that men and women should really learn from all your coaching? What's some of the big takeaways? Um, I mean, one of the things just based off of what you just said, you know, the words that we use matter uh, always, you know, and I'm very careful to make sure I talk the right way about myself and other people. Um, I think too often we don't believe in the power of the words that we're using. I mean, they call it spelling for a reason. You're casting spells essentially on people and use the wrong words. And you say things like, I'm an alcoholic, you know, and it's like, well, are you, or do you just like alcohol? You know, like it's very disempowering to believe that it's outside of your control. And so I think that's one thing that I, um, you know, that I, as you were saying what you were, it came to my mind, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things, um, you know, men, um, historically, uh, they feel very alone. Um, every, type of man, married, single, um, rich, poor, young, old, a lot of them just feel alone. And the reason why is because they're not allowing themselves to truly be seen. Now, let me explain this in the best way I can possible. So one of the first things I like to do with my men is I teach them the three things to feel the most love. You're most loved when you're vulnerable, authentic, and in integrity. And the reason why is because if not, then if you're just putting on a front or you're putting on a face, which is what most men do, then any of the love you get, you either feel misunderstood or you think to yourself, you know, if they really knew who I was, they wouldn't love me. And so even though people are trying to pour into you, you don't feel it. So I'll give you an example. I had a guy in my program when he was a little kid, he saw porn for the first time and he grew up in a very religious household, you know, um, where that was a big no, no. And in my first weekend, we got together. I have 50 guys get in a circle 
And I, I kind of borrowed this from a program I learned um, going to uh, Pelican Bay Prison where I, uh, Catherine Hoke is her name. She does this with the inmates and the entrepreneurs. They do this exercise where they basically read off a series of questions. And if it applies to you, you step up onto the line. So I get all these guys in a circle and I read them about 40 questions. I start out with, and the whole point of the exercise is men think they're the only ones going through things. They think they're the only ones ever felt this way. They think they're the only one that has to deal with this. And so I say stuff like, um, you know, if your parents divorced when you were a kid, step, step in the circle and everybody that applies to steps in and then they step back out. And then I say, all right, you know, if you've, um, whatever, we keep going to these different questions. If you ever had a, a, a immediate family member die, step into the circle. If your parents divorced when you're a kid, if you, uh, you know, if you've ever, if you have a pornography issue, step in the circle. If you have ever cheated on your spouse, step in the circle. If you've ever been cheated on by a spouse or girlfriend, step in the circle. Um, you know, if you've ever been to jail or prison, step in the circle. I just ask all these series of questions and I go through and all the men are crying by the time we go through, because every time I ask one of these questions, there's multiple men. Sometimes lots of the men are stepping in the circle and what they start to discover is like, holy crap, I'm not alone. And I go through my own story and I talk about the not so pretty parts of it, the parts that hurt and the parts where I was alone and I get vulnerable before we do this. And so, and then I explain to him, I say, guys, you can't trust the love you're getting if you haven't come out and been clean with the people in your life that you need to. So I had one guy, he uh, went home from our event and he talked to his, uh, he talked to his wife and he, he said, you know, um, this is this pornography issue I've had. He's, he said, I've looked at it every day of my life since I was 14. I've never told this little guy. He was in his mid thirties. He said, Jimmy, I've never been able to celebrate a single day of my life because every time people were celebrating me, all I could think was if they knew who I was, they wouldn't love me. So he went home and told his wife and for about four hours, she was super disappointed and sad or whatever. And then she came over to him and she hugged him and said, hey, I'm really glad you told me. Thank you. And we'll work through this. And, and I love you. And I get emotional still thinking about it because, and he says to me, he says, Jimmy, it was the first time in my life I knew my wife loved me. It was the first time I ever felt it. And from that day forward, and you know, it's 18 months now and he's still in a great place and, and he's just crushing life. And uh, the point of that is, is like, if you're not true to who you are, if you're not truly letting yourself be seen, then you don't trust the love you get. So you don't feel it. And it's the same as if you weren't getting it at all. And so that's one of the first things that I go through with these men is building that moral base and just taking a moral stand as far as like, this is who I'm going to be. I'm not going to be a liar, a cheat, or, you know, or whatever that looks like. And uh, from there, some beautiful things start to happen. You know, we all have, we have a minute before our first break. I just adore you. I really do. I just feel like I've known you my whole life. I can see why men and women are gravitated towards you, why you did so well in business. But there's something very special about you. Just so you know. I well, thank fun. you so much. And I appreciate that. I, I, I take that and I, I honor that. And I, I think the same way with you. So thank you. And I, and I love hearing this doorway into men because I certainly am raising one and I've married another and I've got a couple of exes running around that I care about very much. Uh, and I will tell you more about that when we come back after this break. We got to say thank you to our sponsors. I had a bunch of people listening live on Facebook. I appreciate you guys as well. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after this message. Don't go away. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, 
metabolic boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now, back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Forbes Factor. I'm Forbes Riley, and I'm here with an amazing guest, Jimmy Rex. You know, if you are a man, know a man, have ever been one or want to hang out with him, this guy's got a very cool access to what it means to be a man, how to elevate who you are. And he just told me an incredibly fun personal story that if you want the details, you can go and watch on my Facebook. But that, you know what I love about you, Jimmy, is that all the work that you've done allows you to be very available, which I think will make you the most amazing husband because you know so much. So all you have to do is just find the girl that's worthy of you. Uh, But it sounds like the first one, like out of the gate, you were that loved. So it's just so funny that if, you know, if we stand outside of ourselves, I've been my uh, I've been the problem in my life many times where if I could have just stepped away, people wanted to love me, wanted to say how it was, and I just couldn't accept it for whatever reason. That's unfortunate. And it's taken a long time to unpack how to accept a compliment, to be gracious, to uh, agree that people think that you're wonderful because we're so used to people saying no to us and you're not good enough. And we believe that. And especially as an actress in my profession, oh my gosh, you get rejected for the stupidest things. You're too pretty, you're too ugly, you're too fat, too small. Your eyes are brown, your eyes are green. Your eyes, it doesn't matter. And it, because you're an actress and an artist, and I've been an artist my whole life, you take a lot of this personally. Well, like they say, business is not personal, whatever. I have some fun news for you. Since I've seen you, maybe I told you, maybe I, no, I don't think it happened at that point. I got cast as a lead in a movie. I did not know that. Congratulations. Yeah. So I started out as an actress. I love acting. And at some point, I came to a road where I had to make a decision. It was either that part of my career, which was in everyone else's hands. I had had the lead in a TV series and I got replaced by a woman who was not really an actress, but more of a, a model. And the show died because she was not a good actress. Uh, whereas I sold the pilot and could have done so many things with it. But they said, look, you're just not famous enough. And I took that to heart and I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go in a different direction. And I was angry at whoever's up there going, really, this is all I wanted, but I get the messaging. And so with my life, in the last probably 25 years, I've been able to serve a lot of people and create a lot of amazing things and grow. And that's what I wanted, or that's what the universe wanted for me. But I've always said, be nice to go back. And my agent even said, you know, you should make enough money if you want to act and buy your own movie. Well, that's not had to happen just yet. 
but a girlfriend of mine does. And her name is Cynthia Rothrock. She's the leading female martial arts expert in the world. Cynthia has wow. done about 80 movies and worked with all the big guys, not as famous as a Van Damme or a Chuck Norris, but she is that in the female world. She's the National Martial Arts Fitness Hall of Fame. Um, and she decided I'm going to do my own. And so she reached out to a bunch of her friends. She's got Billy Blanks the, from Taibo. She's got yeah. Don the Dragon Wilson, who's a dear friend of mine, 11-time world champion kickboxer. She got Kevin Sorbo, who played Hercules. Uh, Kirk Kilpatrick, who you've seen in every movie, is the second guy whose name you never know. Um, and a whole bunch of other. We're going to do a Western martial arts movie, and I play the madam. And I, have a I very love nice it. Role. Oh, my goodness. I get to wear the, the over-the-top dress. I get to be manipulative. I get to fight. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I love that for you. That's uh, I can't wait to watch it. We're, I know, I'm, right? Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, it's beautiful. I actually had that thought one time. Do I have this? I have a list. I have my bucket list, and then I have a second list. You change the B to an F, and it's like ah! crazy. It's like crazy things, right? Like, and one of them is you know one of them's go to the moon, and one of them's to star in my own motion picture. And I've always thought I'll probably just have to do my own movie and finance it, but I'm willing to do that, you know. And well, so why not? I know. So yeah, no, I'm, I love it. I'm thinking a shallow how movie now, right? You know what? I'm thinking just as you said that in terms of financing your own movie, this, can you imagine? So we're at a men's, we're at a men's or a couple's retreat and what happens there? Mm, I love I mean, it. Seriously. You're that guy. I'll play the female therapist or one of the, I mean, I, well, that'd be a fun movie though. That would be a fun movie. I'll be banana hands. You'll be, tell me what? That's that's what Tony Robbins is called in Shallow How. They call him Banana Hands. So oh, I said, I'll be Banana Hands. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great movie. But what do you think of that movie, yeah. by the way? Oh, I love Shallow How. Like, brilliant. Brilliant. It just really tackles a lot of subjects. All right. Well, this is now you guys heard it right now. We've declared that we're going to do this. And as one of my girlfriends said to me recently, Forbes, you are a manifesting MF. I like the bucket list writing with F. That's very, I've never heard that before, but I got one of those. Yeah, you know, I got some good stuff, you know, on that list. But it's like crazy else? things. Well, give me another one or two, because I got the moon. Um, the moon you can do, you can fly into space now. We know that. Yeah, no, that's going to happen. I'll We're be doing gonna that do for a movie. sure. All right, yep. what's next? Um, be on the Joe Rogan show is one of them on that. We'll make well, that wait, happen. Wait, wait, what keeps you from that? Oh, nothing. I'll be doing it. Okay. Do you have a best-selling um, book yet? Did um, I've got a book that'll be out in March. Um, uh, Ed Milet set me up with his publisher. He's my one-on-one coach. And so they're picking it up and we're going to be putting it out in March. Um, it's going to be called B1. And it comes from the Marcus Aurelius quote, uh, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be, B1. And it's going to be that path of how to show men how to do that. And so my other ones, my other uh, items on that is uh, is uh, to win the World Series of Poker, uh, to own the Honus Wagner T206 baseball card. That's like the famous baseball card of all baseball cards. Uh, throw out the first pitch at every major league baseball stadium. I've done two so far. Uh, golf at Augusta, hit a seven figure jackpot gambling. And uh, I put have Garth Brooks perform for me privately. Well, all right, you know what? I don't, we're doing a thing tonight in Mastermind where we are setting goals. Wait, what are you doing tonight at five o'clock? I'm actually hosting these young kids. We're going to be I going through that. with all that. Yeah. I had, a, I had a feeling you were, but I think I'm going to add this to our list of things to do because I don't think I have an effort list. Yeah. It's just kind of stretch you. Like what's a crazy thing that you don't, you know, it's not like you're going to put, that's going to be the focus of your life, but it's like, that's crazy. And I'm going to make it happen. That's, that's your uh, effort list. Well, I think I've done a bunch of my things on my effort list. I just didn't name it that way. <laughs> yeah, so, so Olga and Adele and Troy, you're listening. You should join me tonight in Mastermind because we're going to add this to our goal setting thing, which we're doing tonight. We're halfway through the year and we're going to see where we are and where we need to be. I love it. 
Yeah, no, I think we can trade some. And that kind of, I definitely, all right, so now I've got even worse. You and I are ex-husband and wife. We have issues. You're hosting an all-male retreat. I'm hosting an all-female retreat. We booked the same location at the same time in Cancun. Uh-oh, what happens? Well, if we've done the work, we're going to absolutely feel nothing but love for each other when we see each other, and we'll be grateful oh, no, that we're I there don't, together. I don't, think, I, don't, I think it's a little bit more like um, Adam Sandler and, and, and what her name, Jennifer Anderson. I don't think it, it starts out so well. The movie has to have tension. So Got maybe, it. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the work we did didn't quite work out so good. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, I've gotten to this place with all the people in my life, the ones that have wronged me, they're the ones I'm most grateful for. So it's hard for me to even like pretend, go through that scenario. I, I, I know it sounds funny, but it's like, it's nothing but appreciation and love. It really is. And I, um, I would, I wouldn't even be able to come up with something because my mind doesn't well, go there. But, I no, but, I'm, but you know what I'm loving about this as a movie? Cause I do see life as a movie is sure. that perhaps you're that clear, which we don't think the men are. Ooh, she's, I like that. Not. she's still <laughs> holding on to some stuff because we women are good at holding on, even though we say we did the work. That's my probably accurate. My grandmother died at 96. I didn't meet her till she was 92 because she couldn't let a grudge go with my, my mother, who was not her daughter, who was her daughter-in-law. Wow. And I'm like, so again, kind of turn the tables on what we think is normal. We don't think that normal is that men have figured out or could even figure it out. Don't you think that's part of the issue? I think women blame men all the time. Yeah, you know, and I think here's one of the, you're going to love this. Um, I have this saying um, that I like to say whenever people are up in arms about like, oh, my ex did this or my person did this or, you know, and I say, let's tell this story as if there's no bad guys. What if there's no bad guys in the story? What if people just did something and they did, they had lack of understanding or skills. You know, I had a chance recently to do a therapy session that I mediated between my father and my sister, and they haven't talked much in like 30 years and really don't have a regular relationship. I have a great relationship with both of them. And so I finally got them together in a room for eight hours. And um, oh no, really? Oh, just oh yeah, I went back and forth. It was the most incredible thing that they both even agreed to do it. They just trusted me. And I realized a couple of things like my father, for all of his faults, he didn't have the skills. He doesn't know how to hold space. He doesn't know how to listen. He doesn't know how to have empathy. Like, he just doesn't know. He just doesn't have those abilities. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, he's innocent. Like he's dumbass, but he's innocent, you know? And so, and then my sister, she's got all this rage and she's, you know, it comes off like so aggressive. And then, but I, I, ha I told my dad, I said, you've got to take this. If you want to have a relationship with your daughter, you've got to just let her do this. And I, I told him, I said, look, I said, she's never had a voice in her entire life. This is her chance to do that. And you're only, and thank you for being here. Like, this is a gift that most fathers never give their children. Like, God bless you for this. And you got to just hear this. It was 35 years ago. It doesn't matter what happened. Like, it's, we're not going to change it. She just needs to fill. And she said at the end of this whole thing, she said, it's the first time in my life I felt like I had a voice in this family. And so like a lot of times we just don't have the skills and a lot of people are trying their best. And, you know, I think as Brene Brown said, if you get to know anybody close enough, yeah, you'll love them. You know, it's because we're all worthy of having love. I'll tell you another quick story that has to do with this a little bit. I, I used to go undercover, you know, my name, we are the, they, it's the name of my coaching program comes from when I was going undercover and helping rescue kids that were being sex trafficked. I don't know if you even knew that. Um, and I went on 11 ops with a couple different groups, uh, operation Underground railroad and the child liberation foundation and did these rescues. And, and we took down a lot of bad guys. And on one of the ops, uh, we were in central America we had to go in. Our job was to go in and become friends with these guys for weeks sometimes before, you know, we would set up the sting and do the rescue. And there was this group of idiot kids, um, guys in their late twenties. And we'd been hanging out with them for on and off, you know, a couple of weekends in a row to set this up and get them to bring the kids to trust us. And, um, 
bad dudes, but not evil, bad. Um, there is a difference. Evil were the guys that had organizations around this. Bad guys are like, they take advantage of a situation that is theirs and they're just, they're just dumbasses. And I had this most human moment. They brought these girls into the party where we were going to do the rescue. And I'm sitting back, I'm just watching this. And as they brought the girls in, you know, we're undercover. We're trying to pretend like this is a party and everything. And I, I just felt this deepest empathy for one of these guys, one of the traffickers. And I know it sounds crazy, but I did. And it was just a very human moment. I was like, God, why, why are you like this? Why did you have to go this route? Why did you have to do this? Like, cause he wasn't all bad. He wasn't all, he wasn't, he, he was bad enough that he needed to go, but it, he wasn't all bad. And it just kind of had this moment of empathy for him. And it lasted about 10 seconds. Then he came over and started talking to us. And I very quickly realized why he needed to go. He kept saying things that, again, reminded us why he needed to be taken out. But but I had that moment and I just realized, I'm like, you know, we, we want to just paint pictures of everybody. It's like, he screwed up or he was bad or he she was this. And ultimately, everything's a little bit more nuanced than that. There's a lot of gray and there's a lot of um, misunderstanding. And, and I think when you can pull back and just kind of try to at least have that lens of life, then all of a sudden, yes, like there are things that need to be right and things that are wrong and all this, but you can actually work through things with people and you can act, you can, you can understand them and you can try to, um, put yourself in their shoes and it doesn't excuse their behavior, but it can at least explain it sometimes. And when you have that, you have a basis for starting to develop change. And I think that's what the world, what we need more of is like people trying to understand each other instead of just trying to push each other to these. So so let's go back for a second. What are we supposed to be understanding about men who are trafficking young women? Well, I mean, there's a couple things. One is they need to obviously go, but two is there is a reason they're that way. And I think that's the human side where you go, how can we stop future kids from becoming these adults? I think is the conversation worth having. It's a great conversation. Right. So it's like, what happened to this guy when he was younger and how do we prevent future kids from becoming this adult? I think that's where I'm going with it. Well, here's my question, because when I was giving the money over to the, this organization called Beautiful Dreams in South Africa, the owner of the of the house of the organization I was working with said to me, I'd like to, you, you know, we want to stop sex trafficking. And I said, well, then I can't really work with you. He said, what do you mean? I said, because you're never going to stop this. It's like saying you can't stop. You just can't stop it. But what can you do? And so I would like to hear from your perspective, my one of my solutions, the only thing that I have to offer, which is why I think I'm doing a martial arts movie again, because I've been a martial artist most of my life. I got mugged in my 30s and went to self-defense class the day after. Shame on me. I wish I'd gone the day before because I could do nothing to help myself, which was really stupid now that I know what I could have known. And I said, well, I'm going to start a foundation for young women. Uh, and it could be boys too, but I'm going to probably just for young girls, really young girls, to teach them how to freaking fight to teach them to understand that you taking your fingers like this by putting it into a watermelon enough that if some guy comes at you, you do that, it was effective. My emotion was when I was getting hurt, I thought, well, I could just kick him in the groin. And then I thought well, he's wearing tight pants. If I miss him, and then he punched me and I'm like, I almost died. I've never been punched in my whole life. And I peed all over myself and I was freaking out because, I, well, I'll tell you what, when you train, you get hit. In martial arts class, you freaking get hit a lot. And it's like, wow, the first couple of times, like this, this is horrible. But you realize if this was life, I better regroup and figure out how to handle this. So my goal is to teach young women how to handle situations. Um, I was contacted once by one of the guys who trained one of the 9-11 pilots. This was a very sad story because he wow. didn't know he was doing that. Wow. He's a brilliant martial artist, but they said that they were pilots. That they wanted to, to pretend themse- protect themselves in the cockpit. And when I met him and, you know, I have my fitness product, he said, I can show you how to kill somebody with that. I said, wait, 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 don't be making my product into a defense thing. I won't be able to take it on an airplane. He said, honey, I could kill somebody with a banana. And I thought, wow, there's some things that we need to know. 
but now you're in that environment. And one of the things that you that I've never heard anyone say is how do you stop people from becoming sex traffickers? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's, well, you said it very well, you know, it's, you, it, they're never going to get rid of the problem, but how do we minimize it? Because it really is, you know, my most, the thing I'm most proud of the whole time that I did that, I mean, the rescues we did were great, but we took out a trafficker. Just one example. She was an eighth grade school teacher and she was using her position in school to traffic children. She'd invite them to a party and offer them 20 bucks. The next thing they knew they were being raped. And uh, then she would hold it against them. They lived at home, but couldn't tell anybody or else they were going to, you know, afraid they were going to get killed. And so she was trafficking girls left and right. And we took her out and got her out of there. It's like, how many hundreds of girls did we save by taking out that person? And so in my work with men now, part of what I want to do and part of why I'm so passionate about doing this is like, how can we help society in general um, show up and be stronger men? Because strong men are not the problem. Weak men are the problem. Weak men that do bad things are the problem. And so if we can help people to be confident, to love themselves and to work through their traumas and to do those things, then they don't become a danger to society. They don't become a danger to women and children. And that's what I, I think why I'm so passionate about what I'm doing now. You know, I did that undercover work for about five years. I kind of felt like I was done with it. It was just, um, it was just nowhere else I could go with it. Essentially, it was just the same stuff. And, you know, and they kind of took everything in house and they hired people to work for them. And I realized my next mission was going to be bigger than that, because if I can get to the roots of the problem, we can help heal these traumas. We can help heal these men that are going to, whether it's the massage parlor that he doesn't even know that that Chinese girl in that massage parlor is probably being trafficked. The one that's given him the happy ending. Like he doesn't know that, but it, it, if we can help people heal and then one by one, we get rid of these, you know, traumatized men that like one that's been molested as a kid, like God bless them. You know, my heart goes out. It's something I've never had to deal with, but those things that keep coming up and there's patterns here. And so the more that we can up the, you know, entire society, I guess, I think that's how we eradicate problems like child sex trafficking and things like that. Wow. It is such a massive problem. I just, part of me is just, is it, let me ask a question. What do you think about legalized prostitution? Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't have an opinion on everything and that one, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay saying, I don't know. Like it, there's both arguments to be made. Right. And part of it is I try to never put things through my lens of, um, my upbringing, which was very religious and very, um, shameful to sex and things like that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I don't, I, I can't advocate for anything that objectifies women at that level. And so I think I'm against it, but it's not a hard, like, no way. Like, I don't know. And I think I'm okay saying, I'm not sure what the answer is on something like that. Wait, it's interesting. It doesn't have to just be women. Just the idea that if, if certain, if men cannot get what they want, whether it's men or, you know, whatever, men or women legally, they're looking illegally to get it. Mm. And that was and that's where, yeah. And I've heard the arguments. That's why I say, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what the answer to that is. I, I do think that there's a giant, I mean, I've heard some weird arguments for all sorts of things. And I think what ultimately is happening is people don't know the answer. And so they're trying to come up with ideas and things like that, but legalized prostitution does have some good arguments. Um, but then that being said, most of those women that are legally being prostitutes were, um, take advantage of at a young age or something happened to them that drove them into that. So it's everything's so nuanced. Um, I don't know. I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't know. Well, what, is there anything in your experience of doing all this that we can do as a society to help? Yeah. Heal ourselves, um, do the work, you know, when we heal ourselves, we can then heal other people. And the number of people that you heal, that's where you really start to make a difference. I mean, 
I, you know, <clears throat> I had one of the guys in my program a couple months ago. He said, dude, he's been in for over a year. And he said, dude, I've gotten so much out of this, changed my life, but I don't, I think I'm good now. I, th- I don't think I really need it anymore. And I said, well, let me ask you a question, man. Like, um, what if I just said I was good after I did the work on myself? And I said, I don't need to help anybody else. I said, maybe quit thinking about what you're getting from it and think about what you can start giving to other people from it. Um, and I think that's when we do the work on ourselves, it, you know, vibrates through all the different people and reverberates because that's how we make a big difference is we do the work ourselves and then we help other people do the work after we've done the work. And then we continue to do the work because it's ongoing all the time. Wow. Uh, I just think it's fascinating. How, what's the big dream for you and the work that you're doing? Um, I think this is a movement. Um, we are the, they is, uh, there's nothing else out there like it. I I've seen how it works. I've seen the change in these men. Every single guy in my program is having life-changing experiences. And I just want to keep making it bigger and bigger. Um, you know, people need this message. They need to know how they can heal. They need to know that there's a community of men out there for them. They need to know that they don't have to suffer in silence. And every single guy that we heal, you know, when I first launched my program, <clears throat> I gave myself 50 or excuse me, 30 days to sell it out because I had 50 spots to fill. And it's not a cheap program. It's 18 grand for the year. And, uh, and I knew it was going to be tough to sell. And, but I did my marketing and I showed, you know, how this was helping some friends of mine. And I had 147 people apply in eight hours for these 50 spots. And so I had to pick basically two thirds of the people that applied. I wasn't able to find a spot for in my first group. And I went through every single person's Facebook and Instagram. There's and I'm telling the story. I went through their application and I went through their social media and I looked at their kids because I said to myself, Forbes, I said, I want this to have the biggest effect possible. And I said, how different would have my life been? My dad was such a good guy, 95% of the time, but man, that 5% was a real bitch. And, you know, and I say to myself, like, how different would have my life been if my dad had a group like this, if my dad could have opened up, he never that when I did that therapy session with my sister, he shared a dozen things he'd never been able to share with anybody. That guy had never had an outlet for his feelings in his entire life. Never once, never had a safe place to do that. Most men don't think about my own dad. Absolutely. No, they don't. And I just learned all these skills. You know, Forbes, uh, we talked a little bit about, you know, part of my path of being single and the gift of my life is that I was single for so long because I thought I was the problem. And so I became obsessed with like learning everything I could. That's why I joined every program I could, every conference, every seminar, every mastermind, every coach, every book. I spent 25 years trying to become a better version of myself because I thought I was the problem. And so because of that, I learned all these skills that I'd now get to use for all these other men. But as I was going through their Instagrams and their Facebooks, I really said, I said, I want to create this program that my father needed. And that's what this thing is. And, you know, I had one of the guys, this is just a very small example, but you know, a couple months ago, one of the guys, we were on a walk and he said, dude, I got to tell you kind of a cool story. My son, uh, we went for ice cream the other night and we were sitting there and his son's six years old and his son turns to me and says, Hey dad, um, I just want to let you know, like you've been so much nicer to me the last few months. I really appreciate it. And I get emotional because it sounds like such a small little thing, but it's everything, you know, like that guy is showing up for his kids in a different way. And his kids will show up in the lives of everyone that they meet a different way. And that's how we raise the entire frequency of the entire planet is, is one person at a time. But I think that's what I'm getting at is like, that's why this program is so important. That's why what I'm doing, I'm so passionate about. And that's why like my whole purpose right now is to just keep working on myself um, you know, finding that partner that I'm going to bring in to really elevate everything in my life. And in the meanwhile, just keep helping these men, which is going to cause this giant tsunami of healing all over the place. 
Wow. I've got three minutes to the rest, the end of my show. I'm loving this. My audience, which is corresponding with me is loving this. I do have to give a big shout out to Kathy Tatum, who was, who was sex trafficked in a very, very violent, brutal way. And she's just sharing how much she loves listening to what you're doing and to shout out her group called collaborative voices. Um, And they're all just, just sending you love, just so you know that you are working on this. So to Olga and Don, who's a filmmaker, uh, we may have a project. Don't kid yourself. You want to make a movie? We may be able to do this. Careful what you wish for. You just know you're going to get it when you hang out. I know. I trust me. I, I I am very careful what I say because I know it'll. I'll. I'm dumb enough to go do it always. The manifesting monster. I love this. Uh, we've got two minutes left to the end of the program. Um, I'm excited to connect to you because I would love to have you back. I'll tell you why. To get people to want to pay eighteen thousand dollars in a marketing program, I want to know some of those tips and tricks that we could send to our entrepreneurs. That's a whole different conversation. But I love where today went. Any final words you want to share with my audience? Uh, no, I just, you were an example of somebody that, you know, has manifested the life that they want. Too many people think that life is just, and too many people, life is just happening to them. And I just tell people, get very clear on what you're trying to do with your life. And, you know, the pieces that you can't quite find, I've still got a few of those. Just keep doing the work. And I, I believe my whole life's been guided. Um, I don't know why this was my path to go the way that it has to be, you know, on this hunt for love my whole life. I've been on over a thousand first dates in my life. Forbes, like it's a true story. It's what the next book I write after this one's going to be called is, uh, it was me all along. What I learned about love after a thousand first dates. I'm going to take people through this entire process. I love this. Yeah. But this is my path and it's allowed me to do so many other things. And so, um, I think all pain in life comes from unmet expectations. Usually somebody else's or our environments or our communities. But oh. when you can, Oh, you wait, can, I just had a, wait, a massive, I'm going through something and unmet expectations, man, you hit that freaking on the head. You got 30 seconds to go finish it. Up. Yeah, no, all pain in life comes from unmet expectations. So when you can get outside of what your life is supposed to be and just embrace it all as this beautiful mess, I have a piece of art in my closet, just a, a silhouette of a woman with just pain everywhere. And it's a beautiful mess because it's what life is. All the best parts of life are just the shit show that goes on and all these things that you're like, I don't how the hell did that just come about? But that is the beauty of it. And when you can embrace that, there's no bad days. There's days you learn, there's days that you grow. And the rest of it's just like in the middle of these moments when I'm going. I gotta go. I gotta go. We're we're live. Man, I just, I'm enamored with you as my audience is. They're saying this is one of the best interviews we've ever done. To be continued. Would that seem fair, Jimmy? To be continued? I, I would love to come back on. All right, you guys, reach out. It's Mr. Jimmy Rex. You've been listening to The Forbes Factor. We focus on health, wealth, and happiness. Today, we did all three. Yo-ho, yo-ho. I'll see you guys next time. Same bat channel, same bat station. Until then, be safe and happy. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for making The Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.